welcome to The Last Track, where we help people showcase the last track of their life story in their final wishes. I am your host, Brian Norris, the co-owner of Bateman Funeral Home in Newport, Oregon. Just like a song can bring you back to a day, a time, and a memory, so too can a well-planned service. We're doing a trilogy right now entitled, So I've Done My Pre-Need, Now What? You know, you've done the biggest hurdle of all, and congratulations. And a pre-arrangement in its simplest form is defined as you've recorded your desires and your wishes with a local funeral home, and that's about it. And you are going to provide your family with a copy of that. So you may or may not have paid. And that's something that you need to talk about, you know, because most funeral homes, they can meet with you and they can record your information. And then if you want to take it that next step, you can fully fund that prearrangement. There's different ways of doing that. If you've written a check for that amount and then that funeral home has placed it into a trust, that's great. Make sure you get a copy of the receipt so that that way you know that that has been fully trusted If you have recorded your wishes with the funeral home and then you went and purchased life insurance, make sure that you have listed on your life insurance that the funeral home is going to be assigned that life insurance. And you may have a $100,000 life insurance policy. You might assign just the portion that's going to be for the funeral to that funeral home and then the remainder of the balance to a beneficiary. And I don't want to get into a whole life insurance you know, discussion here, but just make sure that if you are using life insurance and you've communicated that to the funeral home, that they might get a copy of the policy and you have a copy placed into your file with your prearrangement as well. If you are a veteran, You might have met with a funeral home and you didn't know that you should bring a copy of your discharge paperwork. Make sure you put in a safe place your honorable discharge. It can be a general discharge as well. It just cannot be less than honorable. So you can also have a copy of what's called a DD-214 or your discharge paperwork. Make sure it's in a safe place so you can get a copy down to the funeral home as well as one of the things I've done is I've placed a photocopy of my honorable discharge in with my package, with with my information. So when I pass away, there's gonna be a folder and there's gonna have everything that's important about Brian in that folder, as well as a copy of my honorable discharge. If the family wants to have military honors and a flag presented, that military discharge will allow them to be able to do that. I'm not going to be there. So, or I might be in spirit, but if the family wants to do it, then that makes that option available to them because it could be very important to them to celebrate that portion of the veteran's life. You are entitled to the, this is the minimum. You have the right and the privilege to be able to be buried in a national cemetery, in a maybe a military state cemetery 
as well as there are some posts within the United States that have places that you can be buried and you have the right to be able to be buried in those. Generally, we see like a national cemetery. And here in Oregon, we have a couple. One's Willamette National Cemetery, beautiful up in the Portland area. Another one down in Roseburg. But you have the right to be buried or placed in a niche if you're going to be cremated. Now, you, you don't have the coverage of getting there, you know, being picked up, cremated, getting ready for burial. But everything from the gates of the cemetery in are covered, and you need to understand that. One of the things that everybody always sees on TV or remember, they and they all say, well, it's a 21-gun salute. Well, it may not be 21 guns, but in a lot of locations, if they have military people present, if there's a detachment there that's available, you do have the right to have the flag. It can be folded you can have taps played if they are there and they and they're available in some places they also will do a they'll have like three rifle volleys to, with three riflemen there they'll fold that flag and they will present that to the next of kin and that's a pretty moving and special thing that everybody's entitled to and something else that a lot of people don't know if you're at a national cemetery you also get a, a marker, uh, like a headstone, or your name will be placed on the outside of a niche, and that is also free of charge. Your spouse, and as long as you show that you've been legally married, your spouse can be placed there with you and can go on that marker as well as on the niche. If you're gonna be placed in a cemetery, a private cemetery, a headstone can also be made at the military expense now, installing it at the cemetery is going to be your family's expense, but a free marker, it's a free marker. I mean, it's you know, about $800 for one of those types of markers. If you have a loved one that has already been placed in a private cemetery and they have a regular marker or a headstone and you want to commemorate their service, you can, you can get a certificate mailed to you and or you can have a, an emblem if you are in a private cemetery with a private marker, an emblem can be placed on the headstone or on the marker. If you are using maybe tribal benefits, make sure that you have that information as well in your folder at home, as well as maybe and the funeral home. I mean, they like to have that. You know, we like to have that information in there as well. Social security is a little bit different, okay? A lot of times people think that social security will pay for the service or pay for a cremation or pay for a burial. Most of the time, that is not the case. There is a one-time spouse benefit of $255, and it's paid to the spouse, not to the funeral home. But make sure that that information, that if you have something like that, that is in your folder so that your significant other, your spouse, will know that that is something available, but make sure that the family knows that. And it's, it's, it's only $255, but it's $255 more that you're going to have, you know, making sure that you get it. And the spouse can apply for that through Social Security once that other person passes away. 
most funeral homes will notify Social Security that you've passed or that your loved one has passed. And they'll notify them. And then there's going to be a time that you're going to give them a phone call and schedule an appointment. And then they'll also talk about the new Social Security benefit that's going to be provided to the family. If this is some, if maybe somebody's passed away before that they've retired. So there's going to be, again, Social Security notified, and then they'll talk about with a surviving spouse uh, what's going to be available. The important part about having gone into the funeral home and done a prearrangement is to make sure you tell somebody where it is. I've told the story a few times. I'll tell it one more time. We had a, a person pass away. And everybody knew that that person had an arrangement, but they hadn't actually left a folder with us. And they had purchased a life insurance policy and hadn't had it sent to us so that we didn't know about it. But everybody knew she had done some something, some sort of a prearrangement. Well, she had met with the person, bought us a life insurance policy, and then she immediately placed it in a nice, safe place in her recipe book. <laughs> don't put don't put your your prearrangement in a recipe book unless you tell somebody about it. But it just so happened that the neighbor came across the street and said, "Hey, I I love your aunt and I really really love her whatever she bakes and I'd like to get a copy of her recipe." So the family went to the recipe book, opened it up, and sure enough, there was the life insurance policy. So it worked out well. But it might not have, so especially if they had taken all those books and everything and donated them to Goodwill. And then nobody would have known that she had had a life insurance policy to pay for her arrangement. Make sure it's portable. Uh, talk to the funeral home. Make sure it's guaranteed. And then make sure it's portable. And every prearrangement should be portable. But like, for example, if somebody passes away here... I can't guarantee that some funeral home over in New Jersey is going to honor my prearrangement, but all of the funds would be portable to that funeral home. And then there would might be a difference that's due or, you know, in some cases we get stuff sent to us here from another funeral home because they passed away here at the coast. We do what we consider an at need arrangement because we didn't make that prearrangement we go through that and a lot of times because we're less expensive than some of the bigger funeral homes in the, in the metro areas, the family gets a refund because my cremation is going to be less expensive than that, the funeral home that was there. Some, most sometimes, I mean, there are times when we get others that maybe they did a $600 cremation, you know, and we can't guarantee a $600 cremation, but the family only has to pay the difference, but make sure it's portable. If you're going to be having a memorial service where you're going to have maybe music played, so it might maybe a musician, you're going to have an officiant, possibly a pastor or a celebrant or somebody, and you want to make sure that they get compensated for what they do, set some money aside for that. Flowers. People forget about flowers because, you know, they just assume that people are going to bring flowers, but those are some of the things that people don't really think too much about. And then they're like, oh, well, yeah. And that can get expensive depending on, you know, how many flowers you want. 
set aside for other things that might not be included as well. So, for example, when I was in the Portland metro area, it was much more common to have a procession. And so a procession costs money uh, because you have to get um, your escort services coming. Maybe you're going to have a limo for the family to ride in. These are all the things that are extra costs. And maybe you want to make sure that people don't have to pony up money for that catering. You know, maybe you wanted to have everybody go out afterwards to a buffet. So maybe set aside some money for that. And then that way it's there so that people can go and do that afterwards. Those are just things that people after the fact think about. And they don't a lot of times think about it while they're making their prearrangements. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining with us today. And if you've got any questions, please make sure that you can get a hold of us. You're welcome to drop us a line at info at batemanpacificview.com. And thank you for listening. Well, we have reached that time in our podcast where we take a time and we take a moment and we remember all the families that are experiencing a loss and we light a virtual candle in their memory. Let's take a moment. This has been The Last Track. I'm Brian Norris. You can find out more about Bateman Funeral Home at our website at batemanpacificview.com. You can visit us on our website, and you can also leave us messages there, or you can visit us on Facebook. If you have any feedback or any questions about today's episode, you're welcome to call us at 541-265-2751, or you can send us an email at info at batemanpacificview.com. We would love to hear from you. And... Thank you very much for joining us today, and make sure that you follow our page to hear more from us. Make sure to listen to our other two podcasts in this trilogy. Thank you for listening.